Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, Jim Nance, thank you for the introduction there. We've got Lieutenant Colonel... Dan Rooney, you've seen him, you've heard him, he's got his own show, he's got a new book that came out, Fly Into the Wind. There's so much to see with that. This guy is a motivational speaker from the moment he gets up each morning. Uh, you're going to hear just a lot about his daily routine, his family, his kids. It's really cool how inspiring he is, but this guy, of course, he started Folds of Honor, and there is so much with golf. He's the only person alive who is a fighter jet pilot and also a golf professional. So this guy is one of a kind. And listen, hang in there and understand where he's coming from. He talks about different themes in life. Go before you're ready. Okay, I think all of us can learn. I'm an overthinker with everything in life. So I think all of us can understand and appreciate um how important it is just to take action and make decisions on things and go before you're ready. So there is so much to take away and learn from this. You'll get to it real quickly here with Dan Rooney. Before we get to that, I want to talk about Encore Golf. My sponsors, EncoreGolf.com. Check them out. They've got some great holiday deals. I've got the ball that I've been using, the Vero X1, one of their two tour-quality golf balls. I love it. It's added 10 yards off the tee for me. It's great around the greens. In large core, it's good for feel and chipping around the green, uh, but they've got some award-winning premium golf balls. They actually have for uh, Christmas some specials, extra value with the gift card purchases, $65 for 50 bucks, some strong value there, 100 bucks for $75 purchase, and 140 for 100 bucks. Hey, these guys, Encore Golf, you saw them on SportsCenter the other night on the hat of Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback. I mean, these guys, uh, he's obviously got some kind of par uh, partnership with them, so... Great golf ball. I love what they're doing. They've got Gary Player that's part of it. They've got um, so many other teachers as well. They've got Travis Fulton as well, uh, the golf professional. So there's just so much going on with Encore. I'm really excited about what they bring to the table. Awesome golf ball. Um, so check them out, EncoreGolf.com. They're also on Instagram. Huge presence on Instagram, Encore Golf, as well as Twitter. So check them out, EncoreGolf.com is the website. All right, let's get to... Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, one of the best people, one of the most positive people you were ever going to hear. Just listen to the pitch and the cadence of his voice. You're going to love it. Here we go. Dan Rooney on Beyond the Clubhouse. Well, I am joined now by Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. Of course, he's got his new book, Fly Into the Wind, How to Harness Faith and Fearlessness on Your Ascent to Greatness. Of course, you know him from Folds of Honor. He founded that great organization, that nonprofit. Dan, what's going on today? How are you? Man, I'm blessed to be with you, Garrett. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, very felt very called to share a code of living that I outlined and in, in fly into the wind. And just uh, fortunate you'll give me the, the audience to share hopefully a little bit of wisdom. Oh, that's great. Well, of course, we'll get to your code in a minute. But you know, when I see Folds of Honor, I want to start with Folds of Honor. You know, you've been so involved with that and it's organization that helps provide families of fallen and disabled service members educational scholarships. Over 3,500 
this past year. Very impactful. How fulfilling is it for you, Dan, to have started that and to still be so much a part of it? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, Garrett, it's, it's my life's calling. There's no doubt, other than being a husband and uh, raising five daughters, we talked about it before we got on the air, um, started Folds of Honor, you know, from humble beginnings above my garage 13 years ago. And I wrote down our mission and it's never wavered. And that's to honor the sacrifice by educating the legacy of fallen and disabled service members. And, you know, since we started this journey, over 28,000 scholarships we've awarded. That's about $135 million uh, out the door. And uh, it is um, one of the things I, I talk about in the book is, is uh, service before self. And, you know, when people are looking for fulfillment on this journey of life, I will argue that you'll, you'll never be completely fulfilled unless you're using your time and talent to help others. And that's a beautiful thing for me. It, it folds of honor to get to do that, but also everybody that gets involved through Patriot Golf Day and the PGA of America. And uh, I don't think there's any uh, greater way you can say thank you for your freedom than to take care of the family of a fallen disabled military member. And, you know, this year has been a, a crazy one, lots of racial unrest in this country, and it's shined kind of a bright light on a statistic it folds that 41% of our recipients are minorities. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer that education is the only way to achieve uh, racial equality in this country and uh, just really uh, proud of our efforts on that front as well. Well, you mentioned one of the important themes, service before self. And so when we think about what we're called to do and what our mission is in our life. Um, you also talk about go before you're ready. And an important theme, I, I overthink a lot of things. I'm an overthinker, ask my wife. Uh, what can we do better collectively as an audience, whether we're golfers or just in our life, to go before we're ready? Well, I mean, it goes back to me. I, I learned this lesson as a, as a fighter pilot and we go through about a two and a half year program um, government spends um, over $8 million per pilot training us to fly the F-16. And uh, it's astonishing. I made it through, but only 4.8% of the people will successfully complete the two and a half year program. So by far the most expensive, highest attrition rate of, of any uh, military training in, in the world. And uh, once you get to the F-16, which is about 18 months into the, um, into the pr progression of, of, the, of the school, um, you get four rides with an instructor pilot um, sitting behind you, and it's called the F-16, the D model. And your fifth ride is solo. And uh, it's a you know $45 million jet. Thing goes two and a half times the speed of sound. You can go zero to 50,000 feet straight vertical in less than a minute. Um, I mean, this is the ultimate machine. It's you know, twice the horsepower of the starting grid, the Detano 500. And uh, here I am sitting in this, you know, four rides with the instructor, my fifth ride, I'm looking down. And I mean, I literally know what, you know, half the buttons and switches do in the F-16 at this point. And they're like, don't worry about that stuff. You're not ready to kill people yet. We're just teaching you how to fly it. And you know what you need to know where we wouldn't be sending you up. But if it was up to me, you know, I, I would have never gone. But I went because if you didn't go, you wash out of the program and I land about a, you know, an hour and a half later, and I'll never forget, you know, raising up the canopy on the F-16. And it was probably 105 degrees in Phoenix, but it felt like a cool air was hitting me. Uh, it was that much pressure, um, that, you know, that much focus to, to go into this first solo ride in the F-16. But that's when this transformational lesson hit me in my life, which you mentioned, go before you're ready. And so often in our lives, we put barriers between us and what is possible. 
with this, you know, just mentality of ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim. I'm going to, you know, go chase my dream. Once I've got this much money in the bank account, or, you know, I'm going to go ask that girl out, you know, next month after I've lost a couple of pounds, or I'm going to, you know, have this hard discussion with, you know, my parents that I've never had next year when, you know, I'm in a little better place. But I will tell you that the, the, DNA that ties greatness together in the world. Um, there's a couple things, but but one of them is having the courage and faith to go before you're ready. Um, and it's a short journey in life, right? It all goes very fast for every one of us. And if you really want to achieve greatness, man, you just got to jump, right? You got to have faith that, you know, God's going to be with you. Um, but uh, it's, you know, one of my favorite lines of effort that I outline in the book. And I tell some great stories about people that have had this courage to go before they're ready and how the universe conspires for you, how God conspires for you in your life, because that's the ultimate sign of faith saying, man, I don't got this, but I know you got me. I'm going to go and I'm going to lean into this. So yeah, I, I love that concept. And you know, if nothing else, I mean, that's something that sticks with people hopefully for the rest of their lives when they read this book, uh, when they're on that verge of making a decision, making a choice to just go, man, you're never going to be fully ready but I live a life of reckless faith um, every day. And it was that gift as my solo ride in the F-16 that really changed my philosophy and the way I attack life. You talk about the universal concept of going before you're ready. And I think about your grandpa, Grandpa Rooney, who served in London in World War II, part of the greatest generation. When you think about that, how influential was he to, to where you are and the man you are today? I just, you know, and it's funny, he was like many World War II veterans. He didn't talk much about his service, but I think for me, it was a, a picture that I saw of him. You know, it was those classic black and white pictures and, you know, he's in his full military dress and, um, you know, inspired me. I was like, man, I, I want to be part of this group of people that go and defend freedom and just the, you know, the excitement and the, and the opportunity of being part of something bigger than yourself. Um, and uh, I know, you know, he's not with us anymore. He never saw me serve a day in my life, right? He had passed away. Um, but I'm sure he's been with me on every one of my flights and, and very proud. Yeah, it was special to have that kind of inspiration, of course. Um, you seem very fulfilled in what you do. And you talk in the book about this is about fulfilling life, living a fulfilling life, not always being happy, not always having a happy life. So what would be your encouragement to us as an audience to find that fulfillment? Well, I, I, so, Hey, I think that this whole idea of being happy all the time is a, a load of crap, right? Um, I, I certainly haven't figured it out. We're, we're emotional human beings. You, you cannot control your emotions. You can rationalize them all you want. You can try to talk to yourself, but they're emotions for a reason. And I also, on a, on a biblical level, I don't think there's, you know, there's happiness is not talked about in the Bible. There is living a life, you know, true to God, true to yourself, um, being a, you know, a vessel of impact. And that's really what this book is about. And you look at the title, Fly Into the Wind, as fighter pilots, we always take off into the wind because we need resistance to ascend and, and our lives are no different. And when you look at the, your heroes, whoever they are in your life, I can assure you that these people are better than anyone you know at navigating resistance and challenge in their life. Because that's on a daily basis. I mean, we are defined by what we do and it doesn't go our way. And this is what leads us to ascend to the highest levels. And um, 
you know, in this book, you know, I wrote this book from a really challenging place in, in my personal life. And I engineered a code that allowed me to find fulfillment every day. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't able to fix the stuff that was going on in my life. Um, outcomes are really out of our control when we think about it uh, in the big picture anyway. And it's about living um, a process driven, um, disciplined and resilient life. But it's, but I've engineered a way for people to find resilience in their own life, which as I mentioned, I think is a defining characteristic of people who are successful. So people who are fulfilled and, um, you know, feel really blessed to, uh, to be able to share that. And I call my, my code of living in the book CABU, which is a, a fighter pilot acronym that stands for ceiling and visibility unlimited. And, you know, like those infinite blue skies, we'd love to fly the fighter jet in. I think our lives are, are unlimited too. And people place you know, so, so, so many barriers and you, it's so easy to become a prisoner of common assumption. And, you know, I'll throw an example, personal example back in my life when, you know, I was 12 years old and I told my dad, hey, I'm going to be a PGA golf professional and fighter pilot. I mean, the easy answer is you can't do that, right? No one has ever done that. Um, you know, pick one, neither one of them are very likely to, you know, come to fruition in our lives. Um, but my dad was, you know, I was like, hey man, you know, you can do anything you want to do. And um, I'm a firm believer in whatever it's worth, job description of one in the world that I'm a club pro and a fighter pilot. And um, only history of the guy, only history of the, only history in person to put those two things together. I didn't know how God would ultimately combine it and send me, I think, in a, a more meaningful um, place, still get to do both of those things. But um, to tie kind of that thought up, it is, man, resistance is inevitable. Um, what we do with that will define us. And I think it is um, a gift at a lot of levels. Uh, people run from things that are hard in life. They're challenging. You, you know, look around and it's so easy to make excuses when the world's not going your way and woe is me. Um, but at the end of the day, you are going to be defined by how you harness that inevitable energy of resistance that comes into your life. And I'm a firm believer that you can do that and ascend to extraordinary levels. When you talk about ascending to extraordinary levels and successful people that you've come across, let, let's talk about your show here, your TV show where you've had David Faraday on, you've had Greg Norman, some other great guests. What have you learned from them and what, what have those been uh, like for you? Yeah, and I, so I, and I love this show. So this show is the antithesis of the Instagram world, right? where if you want to feel bad about yourself, tune into Instagram for five minutes in the morning and see everybody winning, but you. And I'm like, Oh my God, am I the one of my kids are yelling at me? You know, the dogs are crapping in the house and I get all this and I flip it on and it's like, look at my kid, look at my life. Um, so this show fly into the wind on Fox nation is it's, it's awesome. I've never seen anything like it on, on television. And basically I sit down with, you know, highly accomplished people. You mentioned David Faraday, Greg Norman, Urban Meyer, Herschel Walker, Dara Torres. And these people are on a pedestal to normal folks like us, right? And I'm like, I don't want to know what you've achieved. I want to know what you've overcome. Tell me the worst moment in your life, the worst season where you didn't think you were going to make it to tomorrow. Um, but guess what? We're here today. So you did. How did you make it? Looking back, how are you ultimately better off? And what advice do you have for the rest of the world that is struggling? And it is such a beautiful 
authentic, I call them acts of valor because standing up in front of someone and telling them where you've messed up your worst times is so counter culture to the world we live in. Everybody wants a brand. Everybody wants to tell you how good they are, how good their families are. That's one of the things in, in the book fly into the wind. Um, I started out with, you know, my biggest mistake of my entire life is how I start the book. Like let's just strip it down and get real. Right. Um, because you'll find in your life that through humility, you find unity. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's, it seems to be so lost in this world that, uh, that we're living in. So, um, the show's on Fox nation. Uh, it'll change your life. They're like 28 minute segments and they are all incredible. Um, the advice and the stories that are shared by these, uh, heroes of faith, as I like to call them. Well, I like what you said about humility, too. I think it's just an important part, especially for us guys. We don't really celebrate humility maybe as much as we should in our culture. There's something you said, and I love this in your first chapter of the uh, Fly Into the Wind. You said there's something powerful about playing golf with someone. Golf creates a fellowship unique among sports. I could not agree anymore with you, <laughs> Dan. Uh, than what you said there. So, so explain your perspective. I, m my podcast is all about beyond the clubhouse, the lasting friendships in golf, what that means, but what does it mean to you there? What you described? Yeah, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example of an awesome round that, that uh, number one, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There, there's unity in golf, right? And that's why we love it. Cause when the ball's in the air, nothing else matters. And it's, you know, you're not out there and it's not a red issue or a blue issue. It's red, white, and blue. We're together. Right. And my dad says he's 81, man, play more golf. We'll be a better place. Amen to that. And we are so blessed, right, to understand this culture, these people that play the game, to have that fellowship. There's nothing more that I love in my life than playing with people I love. And it, it, it's just the best. So um, I'll give you an example of kind of a cool round of golf. Um, I got uh, an invitation from President Bush 43 uh, to come down, and it followed him actually stopping in. Oklahoma City to meet me in Air Force One. I got a call from the White House. He said, I'm coming from California to Washington, D.C. I've seen the work that you're doing at Folds of Honor. I'd like to stop and meet you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And sure enough, man, Air Force One stops, meets me. Not part of the story, but it's fun because this is how it started. And so he's like eight months from being done as, as president. And he said, hey, Moon, um, and he said, when I finish up, I want you to come down to Dallas and we'll tee it up together. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, probably never going to hear from him. And, uh, but you'll find out that President Bush 43 is not a guy who quibbles or says things he doesn't mean, uh, which you really can't at that position. But I'd argue that it's a great lesson for everybody. Don't, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Right. Um, but uh, so I go down and we play golf together and I take my dad and a couple other buddies and just, just have the best day. And uh, I was at the end of it, I'm like, Hey, thanks for a once in a lifetime opportunity. He said, no, he said, Dan, we're, we're just getting started. He was like, I want to support you and, and Folds of Honor and, and what you do. And he's been, you know, one of my staunchest supporters uh, for the last 10 years with, uh, with Folds of Honor. But it goes back to your point, Garrett, is the fellowship you build on a golf course. And he was having me down there to try out to be like, hey, do I really like this guy? Do I want to support Folds of Honor? Um, you can't do that over dinner. But after four hours on the golf course, you know. Right. And I will tell you, everything good in my life is connected to the game of golf. I met my wife at the University of Kansas where I went to play golf. Um, 
I met my first fighter pilot on the golf course who inspired me to be a fighter pilot. Obviously turned to the game of golf to start Folds of Honor. And uh, it is just such a blessing. And, you know, we and the listeners of the show are, are kindred spirits that get that uh, hitting that ball around is only one character in this beautiful play called golf. Yes, indeed. Well, you know what? You, you got a great example there with George W. Bush. Um, but the friendships of golf, what are a couple others that come to your mind? Because think about the thousands you've, <laughs> you've been a part of, thousands of people you've met because of golf. But what other friendships, lasting friendships come to your mind with, with golf? Well, I, I mean, outside of the obvious ones, like my dad, that, you know, isn't cool to people listening. People want to tune in and hear cool stories. And uh, so probably the, you know, my coolest um, and I talk about this in the book. He's a big hero in the book is, is Jack Nicholas, And, um, you know, the opportunity to play with Jack, which I've had several times um, now. And uh, he stepped up and uh, is the architect for a new golf course that will open next May called American Dunes up in, uh, in Grand Haven, Michigan. And the significance of this place is that we took the golf course where Folds of Honor started um, and, uh, and completely you know, cleared it and, uh, and reimagined a place that would forever memorialize the birthplace of Folds. And I went down and I sat with Jack at the Bears Club on the back deck. And I had this big speech prepared that I was going to give him about why we should do this. And uh, I just, you know, went totally level three and vomited all over him. And uh, um, metaphorically speaking, and um, at the end of it, he was like, dude, I'm in. He was like, I'll waive my $3 million fee. Let's do this together. And certainly a fly into the wind moment, right? You were like, oh yeah, it's done. It's done. I mean, two and a half years of my life grinding on this project every single day, raising the money, getting sponsors, you know, we're a month from being out of money, how we got to go find somebody else. Um, but it goes back to the theme of the book. Resistance is allows us to ascend and that resilient spirit coming together with Jack and, um, I got to play the golf course with Jack um, on September 29th um, this year, and we'll officially open May 2nd. We didn't want to open with all this COVID stuff going on, um, but we'll open next uh, next May. And American Dunes is a beautiful place, public golf course, um, 200 yards from Lake Michigan in sand dunes with huge elevation changes. Uh, it's going to take its place at it's uh, in rare air in, in the golf rankings, we think. But what really separates it is that all the profits that we make will go back to benefit Folds of Honor. And that's why this place was built. And in that regard, there's never been a project in the history of the world of golf done, done like this. And uh, in the spirit of your show, um, what happens in the squadron bar afterwards and the camp beyond you know, the clubhouse, that is what's going to make this place just so reverent and cool. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm sure um, now just give us a, a picture again. When will we, the opening uh, happen again for that? Yeah. So May 2nd, 2021. So grand opening. Uh, hello world and public golf course. Uh, you can check out the website, American Dunes, um, American Dunes Golf Club .com, And there's a bunch of pictures on there and a preview of what this place is about. But, uh, you know, a great example of a relationship that was built on a golf course uh, transforming in really powerful, godly ways in our in our lives. If I'm correct here, researching you, Stillwater Country Club would have been the first place where you were really gotten into the game. You're a range rat back in the day, what, 12 years old or so. Um, yeah, where, first job. <laughs> actually, that was my first job in golf, was uh, a range at Bing Maloney Golf Club in Sacramento. And 
I'll tell you though, um, what's your perspective now on golf? Cause I know that you have American dunes coming up. You have so many of these projects, but where does golf fit prominently, I guess on a daily or weekly basis for you right now? Well, I mean, COVID has been great to my golf game. So I'm, I'm back to about a plus five. Um, and uh, so I'm playing the best golf I've you know, played in probably 15 years. Nobody cares about that. Um, but uh, it's amazing how much we all care about our own golf games, right? And uh, how you can love and hate yourself in the, in the same sentence, um, in this crazy game called golf. But it really is, I'm doing something with golf every single day. And that's a message, you know, into people in this book is write your own job description. Um, figure out what your passions are and then figure out how to do it for a living. Obviously you're doing it with, with this show. Um, but uh, life is so short and every day that God gives us, this is a gift and really at the core of fly into the wind, this code of living that I outline is a way for people to go live their life. And it's the, the number one regret on people's deathbed. It's crazy. Um, but it's, I wish I would have had um, the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. And what a powerful thing that if you let that sink in and unpack that in your life, how many decisions you're making, not based on what God puts in your heart, your heart's on fire for whatever it's on fire for. But then you try to manage everything else in your life and keep everybody else happy and the next thing you know, you wake up, man, you're 50 years old and you're like, oh my gosh, I spent my life doing this. Um, it is a gift and it is meant to, uh, to be created and architected in the way that you want it to be. And uh, that is a, a big message uh, in my book and, and a thing that I do every, every day is combine my passions in life, helping others, flying fighter jets, the game of golf. Uh, being a husband and, and a dad. Um, so it's a, it's a good thing I get to wake up every morning and do what I love. Well, you mentioned balancing a lot of things, being a dad and then uh, doing what you love, your calling, your, your, your different jobs. For all, you know, I, this is a question, I guess, for, for a lot of us men out there. Um, it's easy to get discouraged, maybe as we're putting together this um, job description or, you know, as we're looking at each facet of our life, it's easy for us guys to get discouraged and we don't really talk about when we are discouraged. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're struggling with something as you are, maybe it's in your career or what have you, it's not second nature to talk about it. So what would be your encouragement for when we do get discouraged? Yeah. And I hope for me living a life of example. And as I wrote in this book, you know, I shared a, a bunch of my shortcomings, a bunch of my struggles um, that you'll find everybody else is in the same place. Right. And, and when, when we struggle, it becomes so isolated. And I think guys especially tend to isolate, right. They withdraw um, and just sit down with one of your buddies, right. And be like, man, I, I want to sit down and have a beer, cold Budweiser with you. I got some stuff on my heart um, and talking that out. And we've got, you know, an epidemic in, in my world, the military, we got 20 veterans a day taking their own lives and suicide. And I talk about this in the book, um, but the, the bro network, right. It, it is hard to, to fill all these roles as a modern husband, dad, worker. I mean, there's a lot on our plates. Um, but I also talk in the book about, it's called the EM curve, energy management curve, which is a fighter pilot term that we use to effectively fly an F-16 that you can apply to your life. And um, how much powder, uh, how much energy you're wasting on things that you could be deploying other places, right? 
in uh, in our lives. And so it is a it's a book too about prioritizing uh, what is important. I think as fighter pilots, probably our best and most unique skill is our ability to take in you know copious amounts of information and prioritize that information and to live a successful life. You've you got to do that. And my wife always reminds me, you know, saying no is saying yes to us and the girls and the things that matter. And I think it's, you know, it, it takes uh, some courage to say no uh, to people too. And so whatever that's worth to, to put in your hip pocket. Yeah. I want to get to your wife and the girls in just a second here. Um, Think about the Ryder Cups you've been a part of. Two Ryder Cups, I want to say. How fulfilling was that for you? This is one of the great events in all of golf. Yeah, so I'm a fan and I'm a patriot, right? So that is Nirvana, golf and America coming together. And uh, I've actually, yeah, given two motivational talks to the team. The first one was actually from Iraq um, to the team room. And uh, 41 and 43 were both in the team room. That was at Valhalla. And then uh, they took me um, over to Wales when Corey Pavin was the captain. And so I gave the, the motivational speech in person to that team. Only Ryder Cup in history to go to the final day, to the final match, to the 17th hole, and they lost. Um, so I haven't gotten invited back to a Ryder Cup uh, since then. Uh, that was the end of my speaking career at the Ryder Cup. But uh, yeah, just from a fan perspective and the, and the relationships, getting to hang out in the team room and, and really be part of that was, uh, was one of the coolest blessings of my life for sure. And uh, I took a picture with the entire team to, to prove that I was the guy. And I've got that one in my office. It's uh, like, yeah, that was, a, that was a good day. Over there at Celtic Manor right there in Wales. Yes, yeah, yep. It's funny, when I look at the Ryder Cup, you know, you talk about winning and losing. Honestly, to me, it's about the event more than anything else. You know, we look back at 2012 and, and Medina. I, I'm curious what you think about this. So many American fans are bitter about that result. They look back at 2012 Medina. Oh, well, we lost. We blew a lead. One of the greatest sporting events we've ever witnessed. If you put yourself in the shoes of the Europeans, on the road, against all odds, in the spirit of Seve Ballesteros, who had just passed away, you know, the year before that. It was the first Ryder Cup with him having passed. I know yeah, we're Americans, no. but it's not un-American to cheer for, for, for some of the sportsmanship, right? It was, it was heroic, and I, I really think the, um, the mistake that was made there was, was Phil sitting out. Um, and, I, you know, I, 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 I love Phil, know him well, and, uh, but I, I think about all the times that, you know, we were tired in, in Iraq flying 10-hour night missions, um, and you know, you're tempted to be like, Hey, I, I need the day off. But when, when you are beating someone, when you have someone on the run, um, you need to put your boot on their throat and make sure that you finish the job. And that was just a, and his like, I'm tired. I mean, that's just a glimmer of hope, right. To the psyche and, and what's going on. And, uh, so um, agree, we sh but we should have we should have never lost it. We sh we should have finished it before before singles. Um, we were in a place to uh, to do that. But it, you're right. I mean, the Ryder Cup, win or lose, is uh, just such an awesome thing. And as a PGA Club professional, to have that be ours is just absolutely awesome. Definitely. Well, hey, I didn't mention we were going to talk about your wife and daughters real quick. What is a go-to Netflix or Amazon Prime show for you guys to unwind watching? 
Oh my goodness. Um, it's funny. We're not, we're not big, uh, TV watchers. Um, we're a little old school, right? I mean, we got like board games out the wazoo. And so we play a lot of board games. There's a, so there's a, a game and it is hands down our favorite game. My uh, buddy introduced this to me, uh, but it's called play nine and it's a card game, but it's a, it's, and it's a golf game. It's not really golf, but it's play nine and is by far uh, our favorite go-to as a, uh, as a family. And in the spirit that we're here on a golf podcast, um, that's a, that's a good one. Um, but we, we have a big age range. I've got a freshman at Notre Dame all the way down to a seven-year-old. So the sit down and watch something as a family is a guaranteed fight. Um, so we just, you know, rather steer clear. I'm kidding, but uh, you know what I mean. Well, I see you got your AirPods in. What is your go-to musical band or group that you like to listen to? Oh, that's, I mean, that's easy. So I'm a, you know, I'm a Wasso, Oklahoma kid. So I'm big, big country guy. Um, so uh, that would I pick my good friends. Dirks Bentley is a is a great friend of mine. So big Dirks fan. Um, Luke Bryan, uh, Craig Morgan, Lee Bryce. You know all those guys. That is, and I am a soundtrack of life guy. I've got music going all the time, wherever I am, on the golf course, at home, in the office. I just think that music is such a gift from God to to motivate us and, and pick us up. And, you know, it's on a Monday morning, you try this on a Monday morning, we were like, Oh my gosh, I got the whole week ahead of me. I got a huge to-do list, put your favorite song on, turn it up, offer up a prayer of thanks to God that you have this Monday to, to go out and, and serve him. And it is instantaneous. Uh, pick you up. As I finish up this rapid fire question here, our rapid fire series, uh, what is a favorite all-time moment on the golf course? Oh, uh, you know, it was, we were over in, um, in Ireland and um, at Bally Bunyan and my, my dad shot his age um, 77. This was a couple years ago. And uh, he, uh, it was just so great. And it's always, you never appreciate stuff as you should in the moment, but he's, you know, thankfully beaten it, but battled some bad cancer for the last year and a half that, you know, has taken him from a guy that was shooting his age at, at 77, uh, hi, um, <laughs> to, uh, to, you know, someone that's probably a 90 shooter, um, now just because of the toll that it's taken, but that's probably one of my, one of my favorite memories, um, on the golf course and, uh, had an opportunity to, I, I flew an F-16 over, Cypress Point uh, a couple years ago, number 16, might have been inverted about 500 feet and afterburner. And we went and landed and I played Cypress the same day. And with Robert Trent Jones Jr., the great architect who's a dear friend that designed our place here at the Patriot. And that's definitely one of my greatest golf days and unique golf days in the history of the world. I was like, man, nobody's ever flown over in an F-16 and played it the same day. And uh, so that would be up there too. No, that's great stuff, um, Dan. And, you know, to me, when I think about greatest golf days, too, it's, it, it is so much about the people. Like, there is something about uh, playing around in golf. Is, it's fulfilling. But then when, when I can take that, and, and even if you meet a stranger, if you get paired up on a busy day at a public course, if you let that relationship continue and you get their number and you stay in contact with them and you pursue them, you could have friendships for the rest of your life. If, if, if people open themselves up to it, that's something I always, I always preach. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. This is, this is, this game is such a blessing to all of us. And that's been a great thing about Corona. A lot more people playing golf. And I, and I hope we keep that momentum up and we keep people on a golf course because uh, in this connected world that never slows down, um, there's just so many benefits um, to this game and certainly the relationships. And I'm, I talk about that in the book. I know we're closing up here. Um, but the longest study on happiness ever, ever conducted is at Harvard. And it's been going for, I think, 92 years now. So a lot of people in the study are not with us anymore. But the single place that they pointed everyone, regardless of, you know, your economics, where you're from, your age or relationships. That's the only lasting form of happiness, um, fulfillment that you're going to find in your life. And a whole chapter on making sure that you're taking care of those relationships in your life that matter most, um, because there's nothing more important. And uh, it's not happening on your Instagram or Facebook feed. I promise you that. Great stuff. Well, Dan Rooney, appreciate it. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney and uh, Godspeed to all your efforts there with your book, your show and, and all things you're doing. Yeah. So uh, like find the book on Amazon. Any place we sell books, Fly Into the Wind is out there. Uh, number one right now in three categories. And uh, so um, I'm just hoping, pray that uh, if people are listening, they'll go out and buy a copy and make positive choices in their own life. And there's a beautiful roadmap. I'm sure it'll change for me in the next five or six years, but at 47, it's the best I got. Great stuff. Well, Dan, we'll I look forward to catching up with you down the road. All right. God bless. Thanks, Garrett. Well, what'd you guys think of that one? Dan Rooney, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, motivational as it gets. I love his perspective, of course. I mean, this guy was speaking at the Ryder Cup. He, he They had him, uh, oh my gosh, at two different Ryder Cups. He was cheering on and encouraging Tiger Woods and the team. So what, what a motivation he is. I think there's so many things that we can relate to and take away to our daily lives with what he was talking about. Go before you're ready. I, I love these topics that he has into, into the book um, that you see in his book, Fly Into the Wind. Check it out. You can pretty much buy it wherever books are sold. Um, his TV show, the same name, Fly Into the Wind, I think it's on Fox Nation. Actually, yes, it is on Fox Nation. So yeah, there is so much you can see. So you can see that as well. But this guy is just living and breathing positive energy. And it's so refreshing to see. Check out all the stuff he's doing. Uh, check him out on social media as well. Just type in Dan Rooney and you'll see his handles there on Instagram and also on Twitter. Really good stuff with Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. My thanks to him. My thanks to Glenn Greenspan from his PR team that helped um, with the facilitate getting Dan on as well. Glenn's a great guy. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I think it was a lot of fun for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And of course, you can follow and see video clips from this interview if you follow me on Instagram at Garrett Johnston Golf. Of course, the podcast at Beyond the Clubhouse podcast on Instagram. Twitter, we're doing the same thing with videos. You're going to see 40-second clips of the very best stuff from Dan Rooney um, on this episode. You'll see that this week on Twitter at Johnston Garrett is my handle and then at Beyond Clubhouse for the podcast here so anyway so much to get to um so much to get to but i hope you guys enjoyed it and we're going to talk again soon now there's some really good guests coming up as well uh, right after this one so great stuff with lieutenant colonel dan rooney on beyond the clubhouse